How's everybody doing? Everybody doing okay? Ain't it great to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Ain't it great to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, y'all. It is so good to be here. How many of you got heaven on your mind? Oh, I thought after last week, all of y'all would have heaven on your mind. How many of you got heaven on your mind this morning? That's what I want to know. Amen. Listen, you'll get to feeling mighty fine if you get heaven on your mind. Amen. Y'all know heaven's a real place. <laughs> last week, we had started talking about heaven, and I, I had asked Tara, we had, you know, several weeks of some of these end time messages. I said, what do you want to, what do you want us to preach about? What should we talk about as a church? And she said, heaven. Amen. John was exiled on the island of Patmos. Amen. <laughs> and the heavens opened and a voice said, we talked about it last week, and a voice said, come up here. Right? And the Bible says immediately. He said, I was in heaven. John said, I was in heaven. Immediately, he was in heaven. John describes heaven to us in the book of Revelations. Oh, man, what a glorious place it's going to be. Amen. What a glorious place it is going to be, y'all. And if you ever got a little piece of that into your mind, every single person in here would have been shouting just now and not just one of you. Because I'm telling you, God, he gives us a description of heaven. And if you could just get in your mind of how glorious it's going to be, you would all be shouting. I'm telling you, you got to understand this. And my question for you, church Even if you ain't been hearing too much, you know what my question is for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Heaven is real. And there's only two ways to get there. There's only two ways to get there. How many of you know Jesus is coming back? You better get ready. How many of you know Jesus is coming back? And if he came back today... Would you be ready to go to heaven with him? You would? If he don't come back today, let me ask you this question. How many of you know tomorrow's not promised for any of us? Amen. By the end of the day, you could breathe your last breath. Church, are you ready? Heaven is real. So is hell. Heaven is real, and so is hell. Are you ready? And I want us to take a different look and a different, at a different topic this morning and a different verse that we really don't like to think about. Amen? We really don't like to think about it. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to, you know, really, we don't even want to confront or face the subject that I'm going to talk about today. But can I tell you it's great news? Can I tell you that it's fantastic news? Amen? We don't want to talk about it. And it's Tara's fault. <laughs> Always. 1 Samuel chapter 20, look at verse 3. Check this out. Then David took an oath again and he said this. He said, your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said, do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly... As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. That phrase, that last sentence right there should really catch your attention. I, two years ago, I was there. I'm pretty qualified to talk about this, y'all. I'm pretty qualified. That last sentence should really, really, really catch your attention. Amen? He says, there is but a step. Between me and death. Do you understand that? That there is but one step. Between you and death, because of what David was going through, King Saul was trying to kill him. He was talking to Jonathan, King Saul's son. And he was expressing how afraid he was in the previous, in the text, you know, previous verses. And, and he's expressing how afraid he was and how tormented he was by Saul. And, and that Saul was trying to take his life. 
And he concluded by saying, and this is David. He was a young man at this time. And he said, listen, he said, I feel like I'm just a step away from death. He said, he said I feel like I'm just one step away from death. There's just a step. Can I tell you that life is so brief? Do you know life is so fragile, y'all? Amen. That there is but a step. David says, in this season of my life, he says, I realize this. He said, in this season, he said, that I am, that they're coming at me. He said, I know that I can be here one moment, and the next moment, I'm gone. Do y'all understand that? That quick. Just like that. He says, I understand that it's a profound fault, guys, and it's something that we should always be aware of. Do you understand that, church? This is something that we should always have on the forefront of our mind, that we are just but a step away from death. You are just but a step away from death. Are you ready? Are you ready? See, that you could be here alive and well this morning, and one step away, you could be gone, and you will stand before the Lord. Can I tell you right now that one out of one dies? Death is undefeated. There ain't but one that's ever defeated death, and that's why we serve him. Amen. Amen. you got to catch this. One out of one dies. Death has a great track record. Amen. If you're not raptured, if you're not raptured, the only way to get to heaven is through death. It's through death. We're all going to face death. There is not a person in this room who by the end of the night could not be in a casket. And, and I, and I want to say it that plainly. I want to say it that blunt. I am not up here trying to sugarcoat anything with you because we don't like to think about it. We don't even like to imagine, especially young people. We don't even like to think about it. We don't like to imagine, especially young people, especially middle-aged people. Especially old people. Don't nobody want to think about it. Amen? Come on, y'all. We don't want to talk about it. And it's something that we don't want to confront. But the truth is, you're just one step away from death. Do you understand that? Do you understand that, church? I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm just up here trying to tell you the truth. That you better be ready because if Jesus don't come back, you ain't but a step away from death. You are one step from heaven or hell. To say it that plainly. Death can come suddenly. Death can come instantly and unexpectedly. I'm telling you. Are you ready? Are you ready to face God? All men die. Hebrews 9.27 said, It is appointed unto man to die once. And after that, the judgment. You're going to answer to God for the life that you live. Kings die. Queens die. Rich men die. Poor men die. Young people die. Old people die. Smart people die. Illiterate people die. Come on, somebody. Everybody dies. It is appointed in Hebrews 9.27 that all men will die. And then after that comes the judgment. After that comes the judgment. If you die today, where would you be? If you died today, where would you be? Where would you spend eternity if you died today? You got two choices. See that? I said you got two choices. It was weird. You got two choices. Where would you spend eternity? Heaven or hell? You got two choices. You can spend eternity with God, or you can spend eternity separated from God. Heaven or hell, that's your only options. Y'all better get a hold of this. This is real. This is what I'm telling you. You got two choices. Church membership will not get you into heaven. Crying tears will not get you into heaven. The blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that will get you into heaven. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. There is no other name by where we can be saved. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other name. There's no other way. There's no other truth. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Amen. And, and I want to tell you, you got to get a hold of this. Intellect will not save you. 
Your intellect will not save you. Your money and your wealth will not save you. Your power and your peers and your influence will not save you. Religion will not save you. Only the blood of Jesus Christ will save you. Mm. That's all that will give you eternal life. It's the blood of Jesus. That's it. There are two facts. Fact number one is you will die. Fact number one is you will die. You're only a step away from it at any moment. You know that? I think James is generous. And this ain't even in my notes, but... I think James is really generous when he says that life is but a vapor here one day and gone the next, right? And he says, what will you do? Don't say I will do this today or tomorrow because you don't know what you're going to do. I think he's real generous when he says that because I don't even know what I'm going to do for lunch. I might not even make it till lunch, y'all. You don't know. You don't know. You're only a step away from death at any moment. Why does your heart stop beating one moment and then it stops the next? Your heart starts beating. It's beating one moment and then it stops the next. It's appointed that at one moment in time, my heart will stop, your heart will stop, and then we're going to be in eternity. Amen. We know that heaven is real for the righteous. We know that heaven is real for the ones who have been made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Heaven is real. What happens when a righteous person dies? That's what I want to talk to you about. That's what I'm preaching on this morning. I want all of y'all to go to heaven. I want all of you to get heaven on your mind this morning. Is that okay? Can you get heaven on your mind? How about the rest of you? Do you want to get heaven on your mind? Is this serious? Because that's where we're going. How many of you want to go to heaven? Praise the Lord. I'm not sure why every hand wasn't raised, but we're going to work on that. Work on that. I'm a new believer too. I want you to get heaven on your mind, guys. Jesus said heaven is a place. We talked about this last week. Look at John 14, 3. He said, I go and prepare what? A what? A what? A place. He says, look at this. He says that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus lived in heaven. And then he came down to earth. And he said, and he testified, he said, I am telling you right now, heaven is real. He said, I have been there. He said, I have lived there. He said, it is real. I left there to come here. He said, I'm going to go back and prepare a for you. And when I prepare that for you, I'm coming back to get you to take you with me because heaven is real. Jesus testified it. He testified it. He said, listen, I'm telling you, I am telling you I've been there. Matter of fact, I built it. Come on, y'all. He said it's real. Jesus was saying it's not a fairy tale. This is a promise. See, he said there's another life beyond this life. Do you believe that? Do you? There is another place beyond this earth, and it is more glorious and splendid than anything you can ever imagine. Amen. And Jesus himself, he said, I went and prepared that place for you. Jesus himself, the architect of the ages. Come on, somebody. He said, I went and prepared that place for you. That's what he said. Amen. It's amazing. It's real. Stephen, the first martyr. He was the first martyr in the book of Acts when he was being stoned to death. The scripture says in Acts 7, 55, look at this. I want you to see this. It says, Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, he looked into heaven. He looked into heaven as he was dying. He looked into heaven. The Bible says he saw the glory of God. And then he saw somebody standing there. Y'all know who that was. He said, I looked into heaven. I seen the glory of God and saw Jesus standing in heaven at the right hand of the Father. There is a place called heaven and Jesus is there. He is standing at the right hand of the Father. I'm telling you, Stephen saw it. Stephen saw it. He closed his eyes. He died and immediately he was there with Jesus. Amen. It's real. Heaven is real. He took a step from life into death.
and was standing with Jesus in heaven. Amen. Amen. The apostle Paul went to heaven. In 1 Corinthians 2.9, he wrote this. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Can I tell you this? Paul was the most brilliant scholar the world, one of the most brilliant scholars the world has ever known. Amen. you got to understand this. He was one of the most brilliant scholars that the world has ever known. His writings were even more masterful than people like Shakespeare. He had the profound ability to put pen and paper together, and he would write thoughts, and he would write theology that is so brilliant that scholars to this day, scholars to this day, listen, they, they marvel at the genius of the Apostle Paul to use words like a wordsmith, amen? He would use words and he would create ideas and complex thoughts that relay the love and the greatness of our God. Amen. Serious, all. Listen. And he went to heaven. And he came back. I got nothing. All I can tell you is no eye has seen and no ear has heard. That's all I can say. I've got nothing that can describe what heaven is really like. All I can tell you is you can't even imagine it. Amen. That's what he said. And then he said this. He wrote, he said, men will not believe what I have seen. The half has not even ever been told. Listen, in other words, Paul was saying, let your imagination run wild this morning. I want you to think of the happiest, most serene, most peaceful, most gorgeous, most beautiful, most splendid thing that you can even think of in your mind right now. Do it. Play along with me. It's fun. Think about the most wonderful, splendid thing you've ever seen with every comfort, with every blessing, with everything that you could ever imagine that could bring you happiness. Peace and joy. Listen. And then Paul adds this little caveat in his letter. And that's only half. You can imagine the most wonderful, splendid thing in this world that brings you peace, love, joy, everything. And then he says it was only half. You can't even in your imagination think about how awesome heaven is. Do you understand that? He said, and that's only half. Nothing you think about, nothing you can imagine can even make you comprehend what God has prepared for you for those who love him. Mm, you got to get it. <laughs> the apostle John saw heaven. And he wrote as, a, wrote as a traveler's brochure. Amen. He wrote as a pamphlet to tell us what, what we're going to expect. Amen. He said the city of heaven is New Jerusalem. Look at Revelation 21, 16. The city is laid out as a square. It's four square. You remember what I talked about this last week? And I said, hang tight. I'm going to tell you what that means. I want you to understand this. Where's my carpenters at? Where's my carpenters at? Y'all got a carpenter? I got one? It's a dying trade. Travis, good. There's one. Okay. There's some. Listen. He says this in Revelation 21, 16. The city is laid out as a square. It's four square. Its length is the same as its breadth. Listen, have you ever tried to build something that's out of square? Have you ever tried to build something that's out of square? Huh? You put something on it, it's all jacked up and cock out. You can't. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When it says it is an absolute square, that speaks of perfection. It's four square. Speaks of perfection. If you've ever built anything out of square, you know what I'm talking about. It speaks of perfection, absolute perfection. Nothing on this earth is perfect, not even you. Amen. Nothing on this earth is perfect, not even you. You buy a new home, and it's out of square. I just kidding. You buy a new home, and termites eat it up and destroy it. Nothing on this earth is perfect. You buy a new car, park it out at Meyer, you walk out, and there's a dent on it. Or you let Tara drive it, and she hits the curb and scratches up your rims. She's never done that. And I got black rims on my truck too, man. You can really, listen. <laughs> Nothing on this earth is perfect. Amen? Nothing. But John said, I saw 12 gates of pearl. 
I saw streets of pure gold. God pays the streets in gold. Amen. He says, wait till you see this place called heaven. He says, there's 12 foundations. If you read it in Revelation, it talks about the furlongs and stuff. It's 1,500 miles square. Okay? I'm not getting it. You look it up. It's 1,500 miles square. It's a square, perfect square. Right? 1,500 miles to the east, 1,500 miles to the north, 1,500 miles east, southwest, right? But he said there's 12 foundations. And on it, it's 1,500 miles square with 12 foundations. Talked about that, right? Remember that last week I read? Each foundation is precious stone. In the theater of your mind. Y'all going to walk with me for a minute. In the theater of your mind. I want you to walk with me on those streets of gold. Just take a minute. Just think about this. Look at those gates of pearl. Look at those names that are written in the clusters of diamonds. Amen? Look on the doorposts of the mansions there and see the names Matthew in one, Mark in one, Luke, John, Daniel, Ezekiel, Elijah. I have one I see in my mind. It's my granddaddy. Never met him. I can't wait to meet him. That one I see in my mind. Can't wait to meet him. Maybe your mother's there. Maybe your father, your brother, your sister, spouse, a child. Someone that you have lost, but you really have not lost them because they are in a place called heaven. (laughs) And they await your arrival. You know that? Heaven is a place of rest. I hate preaching. It's crazy. Um, listen, Jesus said in Matthew 8 11, you got to see this. Heaven is a place of rest. He said in Matthew 8 11, he says, You will sit down. You will rest. You see that? He says, You're going to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How are you going to know it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob if you don't know nobody in heaven? He said, You're going to sit down and rest. Look at this scripture. Matthew 8, 11, where is that? Right here. Jesus said they will sit down and rest with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. We'll be at rest. Heaven is a reunion. Amen. I want you to imagine in your mind and see your loved ones waiting on you just inside the eastern gate. Amen. They're there. They're there. They're there and they're happy and they're joyful. There's not a sick one among them. They're there. There's not a depressed or defeated one among them. They're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and they stand in complete wholeness in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. And with eyes of faith this morning, with eyes of faith this morning, I really, really, really want you to look And I want you to listen over the balconies of heaven. Listen over the balconies of heaven. You can hear sounds that your mortal ears have never heard. Amen? Sounds of praise. The orchestras of heaven is going to be 144,000 violin players according. Listen to this. Look at Revelation 5.11. It says the voice of many angels and many angels around the throne. He says there's thousands and thousands of them. And then he goes on to say, and thousands and thousands and more thousands of them. Glory to God. Every musical instrument ever made was made to glorify God and there the worship. You can't even imagine it. You think these guys are amazing. Scott, I love you, brother. Listen, you can't imagine it. Thousands and thousands upon thousands and thousands more of worship. Every musical instrument, ears have not heard. The Apostle Paul was talking about the praise and worship in heaven when he said, ears have not heard. Do you understand that? Thank you for that arousing applause. I appreciate it. There's going to be a grand reunion around the throne of God one of these days. Amen. 
One of these days, a trumpet is going to sound. 1 Thessalonians 4, look at this. We talk about this. Said the dead world in Christ will rise first, and suddenly graves are going to explode. And those who have been asleep in those coffins, Jesus is going to come back in midair, and he's going to release those spirits. Amen. Come on, y'all. And instantly, their spirits will fill that body, and they are going to come up out of that grave. Come on, y'all. Whether it's ashes, whether it's dust, whether it's bones, whatever remains of that body, the spirit is going to hit it. It's going to come alive. It's got a resurrected body. You better read your Bible. And it's coming up. Woo! And then suddenly, it's going to be filled with life. They're going to have resurrection power. Mausoleums are going to explode. Graves are going to bust open. Amen. The dead in Christ will have brand new glorified bodies. And they'll rise again. Listen to this. And it says, we who are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet them in the clouds. Amen. To be with the Lord. And then he says this. Then he says this. In verse 18. He says this right here. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Amen. Take these words. No. Comfort each other. He said, you take these words, he said, and I want you to know that it's not it when you're crying at that graveside. I want you to know that it's not it when you feel that hand release you in intensive care unit. I want you to know that that's not it. Because this one day, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Woo! When we all see Jesus, we'll stand and shake and shout the victory. Come on, somebody. Why don't you give him a shout of praise like you believe heaven's a real place? Tell him heaven's real. We believe heaven's real. Heaven's a real place. It's a real place. Amen. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, Jesus is coming back. Amen. Amen. If this book is a lie anywhere, you better hear me. If this book is a lie anywhere, it's a lie everywhere. Nah, you didn't understand it. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate that. I'm here to tell you if this book is a lie anywhere, it's a lie everywhere. Amen. This book ain't a liar. It's a lie everywhere. He didn't just die. He did rise again. And then they said that same Jesus is coming back in like manner. He's coming back. You better get ready. If this book is a lie, it's a lie everywhere, I'm here to tell you. He's coming back. It could happen today. It could happen today. And if it doesn't happen today, you're just one step away from death. Where will you spend eternity? We who are alive and remain, the Bible says, will be caught up with them. In the twinkling of an eye. Do you realize that in the blink of an eye? Check me out. Did y'all catch that? See how fast that was? Well, you didn't catch it. It was so fast, did you? You're like. That fast. That fast, he's coming back. In the blink of an eye. He's coming back, and it's all going to be over. And if you ain't ready, you're going to be left behind. Amen. Going to go to a city where the roses never fade. Going to a city where the blind see and the lame walk. We're going to a city where there's no more tears and no more death. We're going to a city where there will be absolutely no negativity. No negativity at all whatsoever in this place called heaven. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. There's no negativity in heaven. That's the bottom line. There's no sorrow, no pain, no death, no tears, no sorrow. There's no suffering, no troubles, no negativism whatsoever. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. That's why it's worth it. That's why we go through life. And yeah, we got burdens. But one day, one of these days, we're going to hear him say, come on up here. Glory to God. Let me show you what real joy is. Whew. Oh. Jesus said, come up here and let me show you 
a place that I prepared for you. <laughs> you got to get a hold of this, y'all. The Bible says that there are mansions there created for God's own righteous children. It's almost as if you listen carefully. You can hear the footsteps of the Messiah, y'all. Amen. And he's walking over to the edge of the balcony of heaven. And he's walking up to his church. And he says, come on, church. Pray up. Look up. Don't give up. Because one day I'm coming back and you're going to go up. Amen. Come on, somebody. He's walking over and he's looking down. He's saying, come on, church. Don't give up. I'm coming back to get you. Uh, I, I've had people ask me, are we going to know people in heaven or, or, or are the people in heaven going to know us down on earth? And I can say biblically, and I can tell you absolutely the answer is yes. Thank you. I can tell you absolutely and biblically the answer is yes. Do you think we will be less intelligent in heaven than we are here? I'm sorry, I only got one no out of that. Do you think we will be less intelligent in heaven than we are here? When we know in part the Bible says on earth, but we will know fully all when we get to heaven? Y'all still aren't understanding me. Do you think we will be less intelligent in heaven than we are here on earth? No. By no means whatsoever. My mother knew what I was doing. Something wrong in the other room. Y'all know, my mama knew when I was doing something wrong in the other room. She'd be like, she knew something was going to be too quiet in there. Them boys in there being dumb. They were doing something stupid. My mama, and do you think we're going to be less intelligent up there than we are down here? There ain't no way. I guess what I'm preaching to you is this. Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, come on, y'all. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The writer of Hebrews says that we are compassed. We are encompassed. We are, we are surrounded. Amen. He says we are compassed by such a great cloud of witnesses that God allows to look in. And when you look up, they look down. When you look up, they're looking back from the balconies of heaven. Amen. Those who have died in the Lord, he allows them to look down and they can see us. We are given this great promise, guys. Listen, there's a cloud of witnesses. I don't know what a witness is in your book. But we are given a promise that there is a, cloud of, a great cloud of witnesses in the grandstands of heaven. That's what it says. We are given this promise. And every once in a while, God pulls the curtain back and he allows them to look down on our lives. And suddenly, there comes a cheering from the grandstands of heaven. And they'll be cheering. And they'll be saying things like, don't give up. Keep going. You got to get here. Heaven's worth 10,000 worlds. Keep fighting. Come on, Jamie, you can do it. You got to get here. Don't fall for that sin. Don't fall for that trick. That's a lie. Don't do it. Get rid of all them things that hold you down. You got to get here. Amen. You got witnesses up there cheering you on. It's wonderful. Run. Run the race. <clears throat> Listen to me. The greatest attraction in heaven is Jesus. Do you know that? The greatest attraction in heaven is Jesus. Jesus is in heaven. Heaven is heaven because of Jesus. <laughs> Amen? Heaven is heaven because of Jesus. We're going to be with him and we're going to be with them. We're going to be with our loved ones. We're going to be with our family and we're going to be with the great body of Christ. 
The scripture tells us in 1 John 3, 2 that we shall see him as he is. The Virgin Mary saw Jesus as a little baby. John the Baptist saw Jesus as a candidate for water baptism on the muddy banks of the Jordan River. The disciples saw Jesus as a great rabbi and teacher. The inhabitants of the city of Jerusalem that cried, crucify him! They saw Jesus as just a common criminal. But when we see Jesus, the Bible says we shall see him as he is. Hallelujah! We will see him as the king of kings. We will see him as the Lord of lords. We will see him as the lion of the tribe of Judah. We will see him as the living water and the bread of life. Amen. He says we will see him as he is. We will see him as the bright and morning star. We will see him as the rock, our refuge, our fortress, our deliverer, our strong tower. We will see him as our burden bearer. We will see him as the great physician. We will see him as the great I am. He is heaven's wonder and hell's burden, baby. Come on. We're going to see him like he is. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's how you're going to see him. Says we shall see him as he is. What will you experience when you die as a Christian? And I remember hearing a story of an old preacher. His name was Bob Gass. And he was called to the hospital. And there were some people in his church who had been in a fatal car accident. And he was called. I was telling our leaders this this morning. But Bob was called to the hospital. And, and, and when he walked in, he could hear the screams of this lady no, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to. And he walked over to the family. And the doctor came out and had told the family among the screams of agony and fear and, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to. The doctor came out and told the family that the woman had lost her life. And he called Pastor Bob over and he pulled him to the side. And he said these words. He said, for God's sakes, Pastor, Teach your people how to die. And people need to understand not just how to live. People need to understand not just how to live. We need to know how to act when we're facing death. Amen? And it finally comes to someone you love, maybe to you, maybe to you, and you realize that there's a way to die. I can die in terror. It can be in fear and torment and dread and hopelessness and despair, and this is it, and it's all over. But can I tell you something? If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and if you are a Christian, oh, hallelujah, I want this morning to teach you how to die. I want to teach you how to die this morning. You have to understand that what is about to happen to you is the most glorious thing that can ever happen. Paul put it like this. He said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Oh, we don't scream and shout at that one, do we? Oh, no. He says, but to live is Christ, and to die is gain. You know why we don't shout at that one? Because we're too in love with this old world. We're too in love with this mess. But if you understand what's on the other side of death, not even a trace of negativism, come on. In the next world, God himself says he will wipe away every tear from your eye. God himself. And there will be no sorrow, pain, death, dying, crying, agony. It will all be over. What will happen when a Christian dies? The first thing, I'm almost done, y'all. The first thing you'll see is the dazzling lights of squadrons of angels that are coming down. It's the first thing you'll see. They'll fill the room. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. And that's why he gives such careful attention to it. Do you understand that? That's why he gives such careful attention to it. The word precious does not mean common. It does not mean normal, average, ordinary. 
Anytime a child of God dies, it has the full eye of God on that moment and on that place. Amen. Because he dispatches his angels immediately. He dispatches his angels to that place immediately, according to the book of Luke 16, 22. It says, and it was that the beggar died and was carried away by angels. <laughs> Suddenly, even the people that are in the room with you, even though they can't see it. It says that the angels will come immediately, and if you are a righteous believer, angels will fill the room, and you will feel a peace and a calm that will overcome you that surpasses all human understanding you can't fathom. You will realize and see in those bright lights around you that I am entering into another world. Amen. Those angels will speak to you in the most soft and tender voice. And they will say, Jesus is awaiting your arrival. Jesus is awaiting your arrival. Are you ready to go? And you'll take those angels by the hand. And they'll pick you up and put you in their arms and they'll begin to carry you. And you will look down on your lifeless, dead, cold body. And you're going to look down at those weeping. But suddenly, suddenly a joy will fill your soul as you realize I'm leaving this world. Hallelujah. But where am I going? And why am I so excited? Woo! And then you begin to ascend just like Jesus did. Woo! You walked through walls in his glorified body in his upper room. Did you see that? He walked through walls in his glorified body. Whew, you will have a brand new glorified body. And as you're going up with the angels, you see the Bible teaches there's three heavens. The Bible teaches there's three heavens. I ain't going into it. You got to look it up. The sun, the moon, the stars, what you see on a beautiful night as far as a telescope, as far as technology can go, that's the first heaven. And then there's the second heaven, that's Satan's throne room. Oh, this blew your mind, didn't it? That Satan's throne room, he's in heaven. Satan is not in hell. Satan is not in a compartment of hell. He will go to hell in Revelations 20. He will go to hell and he will be bound with a chain and he will be thrown into hell. And when he reminds you of your past, you go ahead and remind him of his future. Amen. You know what? You go ahead and tell him. Go ahead and tell him. You know what, devil? I might have a past, but I know you got a future and I can't wait to see you go through it. Oh, yeah. I got a future too. <laughs> tell him. Listen, I'm going to enjoy seeing you go through your future, devil, and I don't hate nobody but the devil. You know that. Can I tell you all that? I don't hate nobody but the devil. I can't stand him. I can't stand him. One of these days, one angel's going to put him in chains. Man, what a loser Satan is. What a loser Satan is. He couldn't even live right when he was in the presence of God. Amen. He couldn't even live right when he was in heaven, but he wants to condemn you when you stumble and fall down here on earth. Well, let me tell you something. I got something to say, brother. I promise I'll live right when I'm in heaven, but I'm doing my best. I'm doing what I can down here. And by the blood of Jesus, I'm going to make it. Don't let the devil condemn you. He couldn't even live right in heaven. Come on, y'all. You got to Y'all think about it. The second heaven. Listen. <sighs> Can you imagine the second heaven? I want you to think about this. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.2, right here, it says that he's the prince of the power of the air. You see that? He's the prince of the power of the air. And listen to this. And listen to this. And in Ephesians 6.12, the Bible talks about principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness. Where? In high places, in heavenly places, in the second heaven. That's referring to the second heaven. That's where Satan is. It's a spiritual realm up here. Amen? You following me? So listen, the first heaven is what we have. The second heaven, there's a place between, beyond the stars and the moon and, and that's Satan's domain. And all of a sudden, as those angels are carrying you out of this world, and you see that blue ball down there called earth, and all of a sudden, you get this real presence and this feeling over you. And you go into this dark place. And all of a sudden, you feel this pressure, but for a second. And then all of a sudden, the angels announce, All hell coming through a blood-bought, born child of Jesus. All hell 
get down on your face, demons. Amen. And then you will float right through the devil's bedroom. Hallelujah. You'll look over there and see him crying. And you'll be like, bye-bye, devil. I'm going on to the third heaven. Woo! Come on, y'all. Oh, I'm a little more excited than y'all are about that one. They're going to escort you right through the devil's bedroom. And when you get there, you're going to have a perfect, disease-free, never-dying body. The most magnificent body that you could ever fathom. Woo! Throw away your Vogue magazines. Let me tell you, them guys and girls are going to look like the wart on a witch's nose. Compared to what y'all going to look like in your magnificent, glorified body. I'm just here to tell you. We're going to have a physical body. After Jesus rose from the dead, he said, even as I am, as you so shall be. What a promise. And then you know what he did? He said in Luke 24, 39, you know what he did? He said, handle me and see. Oh, he said, handle me and see. I'm going to preach on that one day. That's another sermon coming. I'm just here to tell you that one. He said, handle me and see. Y'all don't understand what that means. He said, I want some witnesses right now so you can touch me. And you know you're going to have a physical body up in heaven. You're going to have a body. He said, touch me and see. You see, this is me. It's a physical body. You ain't going to be floating around like some little fat baby in a diaper playing a harp. You hear me? You ain't going to be doing that and having That ain't happening. That's not happening. You ain't going to be a fat little baby in a diaper playing a harp. You're going to rule and reign and you're going to handle universes and kingdoms. Hallelujah. Woo. You'll be in heaven, the total absence of negativity. You're going to have a superhuman physical body that knows no restraints. You're going to be able to bend over and cut your toenails and still be able to breathe. Or is that just me? I can't even cut my toenails anymore. <laughs> Dustin, I feel your pain, brother. I know you. Listen. Oh, I got to go. We got to move. Running out of time. You are going to have a physical body that knows no restraints. And after he rose from the dead, he asked them, you know what he said? He said, you got any food? He got, y'all hit the cross, wore him out. He was hungry. Amen. He said, do you got any food? We're going to eat in heaven. We're going to have fun in heaven. We're going to laugh. We're going to shout. We're going to be with him, and we're going to be with them. Amen. You're going to walk up. You're going to say, hello, Matthew. Hello, Mark. Hey, Esther, I always wanted to meet you. Hey, Ezekiel. Hi, Elijah and Elisha. I always got y'all confused. You're going to say things like and then you're going to be walking up, meet somebody, and you're going to walk up to somebody, and you're going to be like, how'd you get here? <laughs> it's like that crazy old family reunion, you know what I'm talking about? You go see all your family, you're like, hey, and then you see that third cousin from your brother's side, and you're like, <laughs> what are you doing here? Y'all don't, y'all don't have <laughs> I really struggle with this one. I'm almost, y'all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I've went way too long. I, I really struggle with this one. There was some news back years ago, um, and, and I know my wife and I talked about it. it was, um, I really struggle with it because Jeffrey Dahmer, and it was on Instagram recently, but they said that Jeffrey Dahmer had prayed the prayer of repentance. I'm like, I don't, I don't want him in heaven. I don't care if he did pray. I, I'm just telling y'all, listen, I, I, I'm just being real. I'm just talking like I think. I wouldn't preach that stuff, but wait a minute, I am. <laughs> but I do. I'm just thinking like, man, I don't want him living next door in the mansion to me. <laughs> but see, here's the problem. We all forget that we're saved by grace. Yeah. Amen. We all forget that we're saved by grace. Jeffrey Dahmer was saved by grace. Amen. And when you pour the blood of Jesus on it, I don't care. Come on, y'all. We all forget that we're saved by grace. 
Man, hallelujah. Mm. Here's the other thing. The way that we'll be able to accept the people that we've had issues with, but they're still saved. And they get to heaven. I got beef with you, man. How'd you get here? There's a scripture in Revelations 21, 4 and 5. It says this, and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There will be no more pain. Listen to this, listen to this. For the former things have passed away. Verse 5. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and they are faithful. In other words, he's going to wipe out all the memory of the negative. And it'll just be, Hey, I love you. Hey. I love you. Well, what if my ex-wife is up here? Hey. I love you. He says, I make all things new. You ain't going to have all that trash up there. Amen. Isn't that what he just said? Isn't that what he just said? Come on. The former things have been what? Wiped away. And he's made all things what? Yeah. Glory to God. Do you know that it's a fact? Look it up. That the average, the average human eye has the potential to see 100 million colors. I did not know there was 100 million colors. First of all, my little Crayola coloring box in fourth grade only had 64 colors. And it had a sharpener built in the back of it. I never knew there was that many colors. Listen. <laughs> it's a medical fact. You can check this out. Y'all look it up. Check it out. They said there's some people who have a rare genetic mutation between the colors of red and green. And the bottom line is to make it simple, just to say this, that they literally can see 100 million colors that other people can't see. Colors we never even dreamed existed. What is heaven going to be like? What is heaven going to be like when he lifts the veil? We only use a small portion of our brains our whole lives. Some of y'all don't use that. <laughs> Say amen, somebody. Amen. <laughs> but wait till the curse is lifted. Amen. Wait till the curse is lifted, y'all. Amen. Wait till the curse is lifted. What are we going to see? How sensitive, how beautiful. What are we going to hear? What are we going to experience? Our creator has prepared a place for us. And he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for heaven? Jesus can come back anytime. And if he doesn't. There is but a step between us and death.